everyone, welcome back to The Mandalorian. It's the Star Wars Minute show in which we recap every episode of The Mandalorian shortly after it airs. I'm Pete the Retailer. I'm Alex Robinson. And uh, today we're talking about Chapter 12, which is Season 2, Episode 4. Um, 2 four twelve, The Siege. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So we're back to uh, episode titles that are really going to get uh, typoed and misspelled on uh, on the internet. <laughs> like the siege and Rouge one. Uh, yeah, and Marshall. The Marshall was was a was a, a little bit of a mess, and now the siege. I bet is going to be. A How mess. are people we'll spelling Marshall? M A R T I A L. Um, I think there might have been some of that, and there was a, a discrepancy between one L and two. Okay. Um, wow. And so now the siege, we'll see if it's I before E, except after C, or if the, the weird foreigner, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so we get well, to... Well, should we just... Yeah, yeah let's, let's, uh, let's dive into this. This uh, picks up a little bit after the, uh, the last one left off. And when the last one left off, uh, the titular Mandalorian had just uh, left... What was the name of that planet? Uh, the one with Frogman. Trask? Trask. There you go. Um, and uh, the right, the the Mon Cal's had had uh, kind of glued his ship together with right, strung, string and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's in bad shape after the last couple of episodes. So he, they're they're sputtering through space, and he and he says, "All right, we need to. I don't think we're going to make it to um, uh, what is it, Caladan or something? Some some Dune name." Uh, mm -hmm. That they're gonna they're gonna go try to find Ahsoka Tano and uh, um, and uh, instead it's like all right well maybe we need to stop in and visit some old friends for repairs and who are our uh, old friends? Well, hold on, say I have something to say about the. I was a little surprised that he was um, using Baby Yoda to try to fix the ship. Oh, I totally seemed, forgot about that part. Yeah, that seemed crim criminally negligent. Mm. I would say. Well, I think, you know, it depends on the kid and how you, you know, see, I, I think he was pretty, um, you know. I mean, he grew up in a tough place, so that he, he probably had to do dangerous job when he was a kid, too. Yeah, and th this kid, you know, yeah. protected him from a mud horn, so. Yeah. Um, but um, I think he was pretty sure that it wasn't like a lethal amount of uh, charge in those wires. It was just, you mm -hmm. know, it was... Um, Although he was willing to take the, I like the idea that he doesn't want to do his quest, so he's constantly putting Baby Yoda into dangerous things. Right, to, yeah. Oh, he got killed. So well, I guess <laughs> I don't want to go to uh, the planet. So yeah. Um, but I did like seeing when Baby Yoda was like getting like shocked. I thought that was a funny. He should have leaned into it more, like Jar Jar. He should have had a little comic routine there. Well, it's probably good that he's not the puppet isn't too articulated because then they'd right, be yeah. tempted to do crazy things like that. But you right, know, uh, or um, he, yeah, like uh, like the crazy eyed gremlin in Gremlins Two. I think he should have been a little bit like that. Doesn't he get shocked at some point? I think I don't know. Yeah, probably. It sounds like something a crazy eyed gremlin would do. <laughs> you crazy eyed gremlin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have uh, totally totally forgot about that part. But I uh, did have a note of uh, this one goes here, that one goes there. So yes, There's a little bit of that. Um, also, it's the old red wire, blue wire thing, which is the cliche right. diffusing the bomb situation. So here it right. is in the. Uh, so I think um, 
although Baby Yoda is a baby, obviously, uh, like he, I think he's like a baby in that he's pre-verbal, but he clearly understands things that are going on that a baby that was pre-verbal would probably, or at least not, he seems smarter, he seems more in tune with his environment than he would based on his silence. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, it made me wonder if the whole wisdom of Yoda's come from the fact that they can't really talk for the first 40 years of their life. So they just mm-hmm. have to sit there and observe and, and take everything in without like trying to change the, the world or anything. So anyway. Or if it's, they, it's like it comes from acting like a baby for longer than they need to. And then everybody mm-hmm. assumes, oh, like, look, that it's just a baby, even though he's 50 years old. It's like, oh, it's just a baby, but look at how much he understands. And so they just kind of play that up. It's like a big, uh-huh. ruse, big long ruse of being like sort oh, of a baby face finster kind of. Yeah, uh, exactly. Kind of thing. <laughs> they just like having other people wipe his butt for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so they arrive at Dave Navarro's planet. Yes, and uh, we, you know, he mentions it. He's like, it's almost like oh, I wonder what's happening. What's going on with our old friends on Navarro? And it's like, bring, bring, bring. Mm-hmm. Cut to Cara Dune beating up some walrus men in the. Uh, in the old culvert, covert, um, mm-hmm. the old covert culvert, um, where it's in the 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 armorer's old room. It's in the old forge, and they're going through and kind of looting, I yeah. think. And uh, and Cara Dune comes in, and we learn that she is now the marshal. She's the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, M A R S H A L. Yes, martial law. Uh, anything about the? Uh, is this the first time we've seen aqualishes? Yeah, that was the magic word. Um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I mean, the first time we've seen them since um, the Senate, I think, right? So this Before. is the first time in the Disney era that aqualishes, assuming they weren't Clone Wars or whatever. Um, other than Walrus Man on on. Uh, um, I, oh, that's I, right. How can in, I forget uh, in the Rouge name? One. In, in Rogue One, yeah, the yeah um, the planet there. The yeah, Jeddah. There you go, Jeddah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. The only thing, I, the only noteworthy thing I thought about them was that they had uh, they seemed to weigh in on the fingers versus flipper hands debate because they had they had hand hands with fingers as opposed to right well, know, I, paddles. I think isn't there a thing. Didn't they? They've retconned that into like there are there are like like paddles that can come out around your hand or something like that. Maybe that was just an action figure. Uh, I've seen uh, the sort of compromise where it's a sort of flipper with a hand under it. Yeah, almost like a like a like a horseshoe crab kind of a construct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I've also seen them say that um, that they were too different, mm-hmm. like that. You're not supposed to notice that Walrus Man has flippers when he's beating up Luke, because they say like, "Oh, uh, they tried to say the one in the holiday special was a different one, right?" Well, because he, he, he definitely has, has flippers. flippers. Yeah, yeah. So they um, they were trying to say that he's often mistaken for another Aqualish named Panda Baba. So um, I'm trying to remember his. Uh, it's not Ludlow. That's Greedo. That's the Rodian in the Cantina. Yeah. Um, He's a good dancer, though the one the one in the holiday special. <laughs> Do you think uh, there are people who are into Aqualishes the way you're into Rodians? Like, you think there are people who collect all the different? Hmm. Could There's be. probably a lot more variations because there were there were in the prequels. 
don't know yeah. if they made toys of them, but they seem to have a lot of Aqualishes in them. Right. Well, those the four-eyed Aqualishes too. Those are yeah. There's the even the all kinds of different ones. ones. So yes. Yeah, we get uh, a, a gang of walrus men and uh, a space ferret, which, uh, according to Wikipedia, is officially called a lava meerkat. Lava meerkat. Lava meerkat. We saw one apparently in season one when they were going down into the la- the, the lava river. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to figure out how they did it. Do you think it's like a ferret with some CGI on it? No, I think it definitely seems like a puppet, like a the like whole a thing's a animatronic puppet. ferret. Yeah, yeah, doesn't quite yeah, that's move probably right, easier. but it could be. I could yeah. be wrong. Uh, mm. Yeah, so we see um, the uh, Mandalorian arrives, mm-hmm. and he meets up with uh, Lorna Dune and our old friend uh, Grief Cargo. Yeah, Grief Cargo. Carga. Is that his name? Carga. Carga. Feminine form of Carga. Um, who uh, now is sporting a, a gray beard. He's aged quite a bit because he's, you know, now he's uh, he's an administrator. Mm. Look at him. <laughs> um, Do you, how long, is, how much time is supposed to, they act like they haven't seen Mando in a long time, but. Long time. How long has it been, do you think? Well, I had that question, uh. The other day, I was trying to remember how, like, what, what, um, there was another episode that I watched that I was like, oh, time frame is a little bit weird. That they, mm-hmm. like, there's enough time for something to have happened, and I forgot what it was. Um, but I mean, we can assume it's been, I don't know, a couple of months, maybe? A couple of months, six months? Well, I don't know. What was the three or four seasons? <laughs> Uh, 200 hours let's say 200 hours um a long time yeah yeah a long time he hasn't seen them uh in a bit but he welcomes them back and it's a little bit like um i did get a little bit of hesitation on everybody's part like can he trust them Mm -hmm. um but um then you know they 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 kind of welcome him in and of course like every like every episode, it's like, oh, we can help you, but we have a quest, you know, it's, or mm-hmm. like any, you know, yeah. video game, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so then this is like, all right, what's the deal? We have to blow up an Imperial base that's here. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to put, uh, we're going to put Baby Yoda in C-3PO school, which is, uh, <laughs> um, definitely delighted me. Um, the fact that there was a C-3PO school or the fact that they left Baby Yoda there? Uh, both. And I, I mean, I, I would have probably would have been happy if the rest of the episode was just like Baby Yoda and C-3PO school. And then at the end, everybody comes back, you know, like a little bit charred with some smoke coming off them. Like, well, we did it. We blew up that base. Like, time to go. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been a nice. Uh, maybe the next episode will be kind of like they'll take it from that point. You know what I mean? Where they're like, right. "Oh, here we'll leave you at the school." They show him doing that stuff, and then it'll and then it'll resume from that point. Because right. we don't see when he picks up Baby Yoda, we don't see like what how that goes down. So, right, that's true. Did he have to go through like a like a car line and you know show ID to pick up his kid from school? And right, yeah, all the other kids make small talk with all the other parents picking up their kids right. at the, at the Standing school. Standing there with his coffee, like so. How old is yours? <laughs> Fifty. <laughs> um. Uh, so a couple of things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was odd that he just leaves him at the school. 
it it seems weird the times where he's super protective and the times and she's like well you have my word that he'll be okay okay well as long as i have your word what could possibly go wrong right you know? yeah. i don't know it, it seems well c-3po is here to protect him <laughs> we know. I'm so as, i'm assuming schools have some kind of protection yeah I know they just let these three weirdos wander into the middle of the school. No well, one, no yeah, one cares. But it's like the mayor. It's like the mayor and the chief of police. That's true. Yeah, they and can their, do whatever their they mercenary want. friend. Yeah. Um. Uh, one thing I liked was that um, when they were talking about the imperial base over there, and mm. uh, they say something like Grief Cargas and something like, "Well, the Empire couldn't settle the Outer Rim. What makes them think they can do it?" And uh, I like that little glimpse, you know, always looking for little glimpses of the political situation. Yeah. And uh, it um, it um, uh, it really provides a little, uh, you know, yeah, world building. There were some parts the empire was actually struggling to hold to hold down. Yeah, world building through dialogue is uh, is the way to go. We yes. don't have to we don't have to go dig into every single thing, but I like when you know little <laughs> little snippets, little soupçons. Yes. Um, although, speaking of delving into politics, I have a I, I have an issue with the uh, uh, essentially the prison labor uh, methods of grief carga here. That uh, um, Blue Horatio Sands is is uh, uh-huh. you know basically it's like all right, well you know you're under arrest for this, but I will you know I'll I'll let you off easy. I'll commute your sentence if you you know if you do all all my work for me and then it's like oh and also mm-hmm. drive me to this raid oh and also you got to do this and he keeps kind of threatening him with more threatening him with more prison time or or kind of um, you know enticing him with with a reduction in his prison time but he's still a prisoner and he should not be treated as such um especially well, for know. a, a it... non-violent offender cuz he was like cooking the books right that was his yeah. that was his deal right Hmm. I don't know. It seems kind of soft on crime. Um. Mm. But um. I uh. I I thought it was weird that um. Grief Cargo. He kept threatening him, but it was like, how about I take another thirty years off your sentence? Like he was threatening him with good things. I mean, he was enticing him. He was saying it with the thing of a threat. Right. But right. The, well, the, that the, was the like... intonation of a threat. But the the thing he was offering was a good thing, right? Well, it was like a yes, like threatening him with not giving him a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. So it was like you know, like oh, how about I make you a cookie? You know what I mean? And it's like right. Oh. But usually, it's like he the way he was saying it would have been like, how about I add another ten years to your sentence as opposed to right. Like, you well, you want me? You want me? You want me to take away fifty years? I'll make it seventy five. I'll take away a hundred years <laughs> if you keep pushing me. He, so anyway, he did a little bit. He did threatened a, a couple of times to add it and then a couple of times to reduce it. So I don't know. So, right. Yeah. Again, I'm not a. I I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I have problems with that. I have issues with that. I would send in some. Uh, some some space lawyers or something to really kind of while you're doing that maybe you could point out that your client has been blinded in his left eye since being entombed in carbonite so it's true yeah so there's Um, multiple we need a we need a space ambulance chaser we do there must be a have we seen a space lawyer yet uh i don't think so just uh, palpatine i guess right yeah a lot of and we've seen bureaucrats enter the bureaucrats mithral 
Mithral is the name of uh, Blue Horatio Sands. Yeah, that's his race. We don't know. He just still doesn't have a name. See, that's not even... Oh, so when they call him Mithral, they're just calling him by his race? Right, exactly. So, you know, again, my client, Your Honor, you would see that my client is not only being uh, subjected to to uh, prison labor, but it's a hostile working environment where he's yeah. being uh, psychological abuse. So would you want Grief Karga imprisoned or just lose his job or financial, you know, punitive damages? Mm. What are you looking for here, counselor? Uh, well, let's see. I think uh, a combination of, uh, you know, total commutation of sentence and uh, uh, some monetary award, monetary damages. Mm. Well, you're not going to get it from Grief Karga. The guy doesn't have two dimes to run together. Run, mm. run together. <laughs> hey, did you notice this episode was directed by Carl Weathers, too? I did. This is the rare occasion where I saw a few things before I watched the episode because mm. I, I, you know, woke up this morning and not realizing it was Friday. I just looked at my phone a little bit. Yeah. And I saw um, that he was excited about it. People were excited for him about it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And um, then I also saw people discussing um, uh, Macron's, the the cookies mm -hmm. and uh i also saw somebody posting kind of a uh like a brightly colored uh um vomit emoji and i was like these things might all be related <laughs> so that slowly it started to unfold and i was like aha that's why people were talking about that um well, well let's talk about that while while we're here um mm -hmm. the cookies uh mm -hmm. baby yoda covets another student's cookies mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. steals them mm -hmm. and starts to eat them and um, we don't see what happens, like if the kid tries to take them back and Baby Yoda choked him to death or mm -hmm. what, how that little situation uh, was the kid just like, I'm not messing with that thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, could you do, because uh, he does have the whole packet once he gets back on the ship. But um, is that, uh, could you do the Jedi mind trick without talking? Is hmm. that possible? Could Yoda do Jedi mind trick somebody without speaking? Or, we never see we we never see Yoda do it, do we? In in the movies, I don't believe I'm sure. So, in no. Clone Wars or something, he must. In Clone Wars, he must. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think so. I believe that Yoda could do it without speaking. Without speaking. Hmm. Okay. So could Baby Yoda do it? Is, is he convincing him like you know these aren't your cookies? No, because then I think the I think they would have shown the kid. I think they would have shown he would have said to the kid, "Hand me your cookies." But he can't then, speak. That's what I'm saying. Well, but he would have telepathically made the kid get, hand his cookies over to Baby Yoda. Oh, right. Like he wouldn't have. He wouldn't what, have. That's what I thought was going to happen. Force but then moved he did, them he over. Did, yeah, know, force grabbed them. Yeah, and the kid just looked at him. He didn't. Uh, well, that's didn't what take it back think. or cry or anything. Maybe he's you know using the force. To make mm. him be like, oh, you know what? I didn't need those cookies. That must be evil, though, right? Mm, stealing cookies? Well, <laughs> stealing, for, well, stealing candy from a child, essentially? <laughs> Altering someone else. But he's he's a younger baby, so it wouldn't be. Uh, he's a lot older. He's older than anybody here. Almost. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's like he's like the Billy Madison of, uh, of Baby Yoda's. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so this Imperial base. I know they like showing the whole holographic planet thing right but she's like we're here and over here on the complete other side of the planet is an imperial base and yet they come and go from that imperial base like it's like a half a mile away right 
Hmm. Mando Fett flies his jetpack all the way back from all the way halfway across the planet. So yeah, probably I'm a, a small little. Planet. I guess so. It's a it's a story about a small planet. Hmm. But uh, but I don't know. That seems to me uh, if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a small planet, there's a lot more interesting stories you can do than just you know oh this you know some Imperials hiding out. Right. Take advantage of that fact and have like people running from one side of the Earth to the other and turning night and dark. You know. So when they get to the base, they have to do a lot of deactivation of stuff. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of little like uh, oh that's cool like a lot of little things like that. You know, as they mm-hmm. get to an Imperial base, there's a lot of you know there's Imperial officers. There's the we see the the troop transport again. We see a couple of other things as they go in. It's not um, quite the same troop transport. No, a troop transport. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, and, in the conceptual art they show at the end, it is the real troop transport, but hmm. it looks like they changed it for the actual. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. You think they would have had the model or whatever that was ready to go? Hmm. Um, anyway, um, I didn't mind it. It was kind of like seeing the adats with the crane. You know, yeah. you're seeing the same basic f- framework with a little bit of right. specialization. Uh, uh, but uh, they have to go deactivate the the coolant thing. And so, of course, mm-hmm. there's a there's a little control thing on a tower with no and and uh, Blue Horatio even says like, hey, there's no there's no guardrails on there. <laughs> the other Blue Horatio moment I liked also was where uh, Mando Fett shot up in his jetpack and, and he just looked up at him and he just shrugged like, what the hell? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really weird uh, kind of moment. <laughs> I wish the Imperials were shabbier. Like it seems Why? like by this point they should be more like. Like, because they're all splintered and broken up, so it seems like the uniforms should be less. No, that's why they, cool. They need they need to lean heavier into the uniforms being crisp and clear because they're when when morale and everything else is lower, you need the uniforms to stand out. You need like they need to keep everything clean and and tight and. I can see that. Right. I just think visually, like it just turned into another stormtrooper battle for me. Whereas right. if they were. If they were kind of shopworn, at least that would be like, oh, look, look at how they're different, or they're you know they're kids now, or there's something different about them right. than than the regular imperial era. But right, um, so but you know not a big deal. Um, so they yeah uh, no guardrail yeah, and luckily the accountant knows how to operate a reactor core because of course sure. why, well, why wouldn't you know. he? <laughs> um, I think you know he's a computer guy basically yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, that's it's just like Obi-Wan. Um <laughs> But yeah, they, I guess they Obi-Wan it was more believable, I guess, because you think he had different adventures before it might have picked right. this picked this up, but uh, well, maybe maybe Blue Horatio yeah. had a series of adventures. Yeah. Um The so they shut it down and uh while they're trying to on their way out, they kind of run through um they run through some snoke tanks, essentially, what it looks like to me. They get out into like a uh, like a lab, uh-huh. um, where they discover that they are trying to essentially um, all stuff that we we've kind of theorized about. They're trying to do midichlorian infusions mm-hmm. into what it looks like clones. They're trying to clone bodies and infuse them with midichlorians. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming that this leads to this is where Snoke comes from. This project eventually leads to Snoke. And eventually leads to somehow Palpatine has returned. I'm not sure. Did like um, 
at the end of the of the episode they show um moff gideon kind of standing there and he has like walls of what looked like some kind of like super soldiery kind of guys right that's what i thought that they were that they were like right. trying to make a, a force of i mean i guess ultimately like i didn't think it was snoke in the tank although that is i wondered that at first mm. but uh so yeah you're saying that the the roots of the project can come from this yeah i think it's both i think they're they're right in the short term creating a force force but uh in the in the long term it's also going to lead to um the the snoke force snoke and and the return of palpatine yes somehow, somehow. Yeah. How do you feel about a army of force-infused super stormtroopers? Do not want um, <laughs> that. I, I I really hope they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're we're already a little too little too forcey for my taste, and that's just the little tiny bits of uh, you know right. Baby Yoda doing it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't want it to be a thing with I don't I don't know. It seems like something that a um, a fan would come up with, and it would be a thing that you would see, and uh, it is. You know, that's what this is. We've 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 talked <laughs> about how it's cool that this is basically, you know, um, you know, John Favreau playing with his action figures. Um, but uh, the, I don't know. I don't. I don't want those story wrinkles like that to to pop up. I, yeah. I want this to be more, um, you know. Because that that again, not that it you know nothing is real, not that so it doesn't change anything, but it really kind of it does alter the fabric of Star Wars a little bit. I feel like if you have you know midichlorian infused force troopers, well, it might be the kind of thing they have them, but they don't live very. You know, they might it might be just a short term thing, but no. (laughs) Uh, I do like they call it M count. That I thought made it sound a bit cooler. Yeah, well, I think they were a little leery of just flat out saying midichlorians. Yeah. So it's like, we'll put this in there, and if you know, you know. But otherwise... <laughs> it won't distract the, the normies. Right. Um, uh, so the... Um, I liked when one tr- stormtrooper said... They seem to kind of, a lot of times, uh, just echo a little bit of stormtrooper dialogue from Star Wars. Yeah. They're like, blast them, or... or I think they you know. did use a couple of bits, like you know, when they first yeah. come out of the elevator. I think we, did you say stop right there and blast them or something like that? Where it's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's there's a stormtrooper dialogue. Yeah. Well, anyway, when he says they're on the move, right. I thought that had to be a uh, a shout out to us because oh, you sure. brought back the on the move as a thing. So. Right. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> the wise ass stormtrooper should have been like mannequin too. <laughs> Um, Anakin, who? <laughs> oh man, that that's that's the setup that we need to you know somehow that we need write we need to write a story based in uh, you know maybe Clone Wars era and uh, Anakin too and it's like oh you know we're uh, you know look we're, we're we we think we all we've got uh, you know we've got Obi Wan cornered Anakin too they're on the move you know like something like that. <laughs> And then, <laughs> then they run, and then they're followed by these clone troopers. So we've got to get a clone <laughs> saying, "Anakin." Oh my gosh, that would be there. awesome. Hmm. <laughs> that would be easier to work in than Electric Boogaloo. Yes, of course. Well, depending, <laughs> depending on how things go politically. Right. Um, the Mandalorian does the sort of uh, 
doesn't quite pull off the Iron Man three point landing when he does the jetpack. You know, whenever yeah. Iron Man lands, whenever any superhero lands, I guess these days they do the landing on your knees with one fist on the ground, and right. uh, he did he did a, a shot of that. So uh, when he when he flew up, uh, he flew up. Baby Yoda threw up. <laughs> Uh, another stormtrooper. So seems like a really dumb stormtrooper thing to say. All right, man, load your weapons. Right. Oh, I think that's the other thing that he said. That that's I think a direct thing from Star Wars. Does he? They say load your weapons I in think Star in Wars. One, in Star Wars, I think they say load your weapons. In one of them, maybe. Maybe when they're about to run into Docking Bay ninety four. Uh, it could be ninety four when they're walking by all those uh those street vendors and stuff. Let me let me do a quick background check here. But uh, anyway, it seems like if you haven't loaded your weapon by now, it's you know it's it's kind of one on one. Yes, you have to be like oh, load oh we were supposed yes it's right when the but right when they're walking into Docking Bay ninety four. So sorry, right, okay, man, load you your go. weapons. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice it then, but this time it seems especially uh, right. Yeah, stop that shit. But, Blast uh, them. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, that uh, does seem. Yeah, you think some one of the stormtroopers is going to be like, "Oh, wait, we were supposed to bring. Were we supposed to bring our own ammunition? I thought you were going to hand it out to the group." Takes out the big musket thing, right, yeah. like stuff stuffing in all the uh, the, <laughs> the shot buckshot, right? Um, um, so then they they flee. They're fleeing the exploding base, and they're being pursued by various imperial peoples. Yes, and a good. Um, like, I feel like the the speeder bike scene is already cool, and they just did another mm-hmm. cool. Like, I feel like they made speeder bikes a little bit cooler somehow, and biker scouts. Like, it was a good. Um, well, when they do that thing when they go zooming off the cliff, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then it was, uh, which we saw Darth Maul do, admittedly, back in uh, episode one. Oh, that's and, true. Uh, but he so was, he was uh, riding like his his little donut machine, right? <laughs> um. I don't know how they survived. They drove off the th- off that thing and their troop transport, right. and it lands on the ground, and they're just like, oh! They, they land on uh, Blue Ratio Sands' his land speeder. His sand speeder. <laughs> sand speeder. <laughs> Ratio sand speeder. Um, I think it's got, uh, you know, it obviously has, it's a ground effect vehicle, so it has a lot of, it's like dropping a magnet onto another magnet. Yeah. Um, and so it's not, you know, a full impact plus i'm sure it's got some kind of uh inertial dampeners or whatever yeah all right i'll allow um, it yeah it, that that thing was the i i had that same thought and i was like i'm not gonna let that derail this if it, if it was oh yeah no it's, if it was super uh you know if it was a plot point more more of a plot yeah. point i might be like yeah but it was just like yeah. all right throw it in there that it's like a action sequence thing We've just spent 20 weeks watching James Bond drive cars in all sorts of crazy yeah. situations that cars would never survive in. So <laughs> we'll let it slide with a spaceship. Um, I did like when she crushed the guy in the with the uh, where the guy was next to her. It seems kind of like a really dumb oh, yeah. move on the speeder bike guy's part. I don't know I'll get between myself and the between that ship and the wall. Right. Let me and drive up she, between uh... this rock and this hard place. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of ring theory. I felt a kind of a Jakku vibe on there when um, Lorna Dune was driving the ship and uh, what's his name was back in the guns. Yeah. It was like when uh, Finn and uh, and Ray were were back there. And they're uh, shouting at each other. 
yeah, they're squabbling and the gun doesn't quite work and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I guess now we're getting ev- evocations of the sequel movies too. I wonder yeah. if we'll start seeing that more, more mm-hmm. referential, more references, you know, and and uh, echo um, base. <laughs> well, here's something that we do um, that is uh, somewhat reminiscent of the new era of stuff, more so than the mm-hmm. old era of stuff is. Um, more variety in our officers. We've got yes. a um, a uh, a lady Imperial officer, mm-hmm. um, an unidentified communications uh, comms officer, played by one Katie O'Brien. But I was just like, hey, who's she? Like, that's cool. Like, this Imperial. Uh, we're moving forward, I guess, from um, old school Imperial rule into uh, kind of a more more uh, more up to date. Um, but I like, I uh, always glad to see Imperial officers and in particular, in particular, I was like, I thought she was cool. So I hope she comes back. Turns out she's uh, a, a, she was a TV actor who's been in some stuff. I was just going to ask you, cause to me, it seemed almost like she was like somebody who, if you watched like a show on the Disney channel, you'd be like, Oh look, it's that, it's the bad girl from the Disney channel show. Yeah. No, I think like she that. was in like some some zombie show or fantasy show or something like that she was like a recurring uh-huh. she was never like the star of i could yeah. be wrong but um she's been on some tv okay um so uh oh, is that when got... she shows up no she shows up kind of later almost at the very okay. end but i i okay. was uh dovetailing off you're talking about the referencing modern stuff and that's more of a modern more of a first order thing than an imperial thing but we're we're progressing towards the first order it's the transition and as we learned they're basically the same thing so um we're getting same boss um i love the tie fighter explosions some cool debris and the Mm -hmm. close-up of the guy going ah when this ship gets uh blown up i don't think we've ever seen that the reaction of a pilot getting killed rebel pilots we get that all the time but uh yeah screaming imperials yeah that was screaming imperials yeah that was my punk band for a little bit that was more like surf rock. <laughs> uh, so this is when Baby Yoda does the. Pu- this is when Baby Yoda does the puke joke. Yeah, according to my notes. Uh, yeah, I guess well, motion sick. Is it from eating too much or motion sickness? A combination of the two. You know, okay. It's like he just you know wolfed down a whole thing of cotton candy and then went on a roller coaster. Uh huh. And so, um, and it's a good uh, in my in my view it was a welcome. Um, you know, I was getting a little bit, not sick of the, uh, but I was like, I get it. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good, good thing to throw in there with the, I, I were doing all this action stuff, which was fairly, it was exciting, but fairly standard. And then just to throw that in there as a little lighthearted bit worked for mm-hmm. me, you know, I don't know. Uh, to me, I wrote down, uh. What is the which is better, Baby Yoda puke joke or Jar Jar Binks fart joke? Oh, definitely Baby Yoda puke joke because it's it's in they don't they, especially if it's the way that it's done. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a, a brief kind of like he didn't do it on someone's face, right? And they didn't do like you know nobody was like oh no like you know no 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 yeah. dogs put their paws over their eyes. Um, That's true. So that the. the uh, um, I think you know it's just we're done within the context, and it's a little more subtle. Even though, it's, even though it's bright, like fluorescent blue, it's more subtle. 
<laughs> so and also is this the same did he have one packet of cookies the whole time yeah i think so if so i admire his willpower for mm. having the cookies for what had to be at least a full day and not eating them yeah especially well, since we saw how we scarfed down those eggs though That's maybe true. he learned his lesson yeah. he was throwing up eggs all night <laughs> Um, uh, I like the Mandalorians. I've got some onboard maintenance to take care of, which to me sounds like a great euphemism for going to the bathroom. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have some uh, onboard maintenance I got to take care of, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the refresher. Um, um, we get the re- re- return of uh, Captain Carson Teva. Teva. Yeah. Captain Checking Carson in Teva. with uh, with Lorna Dune and uh, basically kind of offering her a job. Right. Um, and um, he is a uh, I, I we we discussed him briefly I think last um, last time or two weeks ago or whatever but uh, researched him a little bit more mm-hmm. and um, he's a he's a TV guy at first I mm-hmm. thought maybe he was uh, you know um, just a you know behind the scenes kind of Lucasfilm guy like like a mm-hmm. Dave Filoni um, but he is. Um, you know the show Kim's Convenience? Mm-hmm. He's he's from that. He's mm-hmm. the guy from that. And uh and he was like a notable um Star Wars fan. Like who had also done some, you know, online he he was posting a lot of stuff of his uh his Ghostbusters and Star Wars kind of uh, cosplay projects. Like he was making his own mm. um, wow. stuff. And uh then He's friends with, uh, is it Deborah Chow, who did uh, one or two episodes in season one? He's friends mm-hmm. with her, and when he found out that she was doing episodes, he was like, oh, put in a good word for me. And uh, Filoni was just like, oh, I, I love Kim's Convenience. Yeah, li- like, tell him to call me. And uh, oh, man. so then he was like, you know, he was like, can I, can I do this? I'll bring my own suit. And they're like, well, we got suits. <laughs> but, but once they showed up and they were costuming him, he was like, "No, no, no! The the harness has to go this way in order for it to work." Like the the people who were doing the official costumes were were wow. like he helped them with the the kind of uh, with the straps and stuff. Huh. And uh, then apparently he uh, he even got to they were they were doing some test shoots or whatever, and he got to hold. They're like, "Oh, your helmet! We're still painting your helmet. It's not ready yet. Just hold this one." And they gave him the original Biggs helmet. And he was like, "Oh, oh, oh. like." You know. <laughs> I think to them, you know, to the to the crew or whatever, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, get something out of the archives, and to him, you know, to a to a fan and a cosplayer, to you know, just be yeah. like, ah, oh, this. They were using it as like a planter or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, go. Um, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 kind of into Captain Teva kind of being this, uh, you know, good cop kind of, uh, you know, rebel officer, rebel pilot rather. I um I I like the that role, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem something that an X wing pilot should be doing, personally. Like well, it's like X wings are like fighter jets. Like, you, what if he had to arrest somebody? What would he do? Throw him in the in the put him in the little R two hatch in yeah. the back and <laughs> like it doesn't seem like a practical law enforcement vehicle. It's it's you know. Well, I think it's you know dual purpose. At least they're, a Y wing. There, well, yeah. That don't don't. I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that, but um, I think it's dual purpose because they're out in the outer rim. You know, it's more it's mm-hmm. it's more like a combination, like a Wild West sheriff or something. You know, where or or that's not but some. He's a little bit more autonomous, so it is. He's like part army and part police, essentially. 
kind of right. patrolling around. And um, I think if he did need to arrest a large, you know, some people, he would probably call one in person. somebody else. To, <laughs> yeah, one person. He would call in a, a transport or something like that or figure out something. Yeah. But, anyway, um, it seems like the the X wings you'd have better ships that are better suited to to that right. line of work, right? But I think, but, it, but because I think it's dual purpose, I think it works because it's, yeah. Or have like Filoni in the X wing, and then him in a more you know different ship, in like your Y wings, your V wings. Maybe let's see some V wings again. We haven't seen them. Hmm. Anyway, um, uh, and also, so they have an interesting interaction. I thought it was interesting when uh, he says he asks uh, Lorna Dune about her coming from Alderaan, right? And um, he says, "I served during Alderaan." Right. And I thought the phrasing of that was uh, noteworthy because it doesn't sound like something I, I can't think of a uh, like to me Alderaan it wasn't a like a during event. Right. It, it's it's like 9/11. You don't say I was in New York. You don't say I served during. I guess you could say yeah. I was serving during 9/11. Yeah. That sounds weird though to me. Anyway, not a big deal, but I just thought it was a. I wondered if there was some other reason why it was phrased that way. Like, did it have more to it than just the planet blowing up? Right, maybe. Um, well, I didn't like her. Like when he said, "Like, oh yeah, I served in Like, did you did you lose anybody? I'm like, please don't say I lost everybody. <laughs> like, it's so like cliche. Like, like loner drifter. And she's like, I lost everybody. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, why? What? It's a dumb question to ask. I well, think. no, I mean, I, it's I, insensitive, at least. You know, yeah, I guess so. Although it's it's what are we? We're we're maybe fifteen years after that, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or no, not quite. Right? Was it three? And then so four, and then five, nine years, something like that. Yeah, let's say that nine or ten years. Um, so I don't know. Like if I met someone who emigrated from Iraq to mm-hmm. America, and I met them, I wouldn't say, "Oh, did any of your relatives get killed in Iraq?" <laughs> you know, I would just feel like, right. "Oh, it's probably not like my business or anything." Right, but it's a different, it's a whole <laughs> different ballgame thing, you know. If somebody was, it's more like if, yeah. if going back to your nine eleven, if it's like, you know, yeah. if somebody was, you know, born on the World Trade Center. <laughs> uh, I do think instead of saying I lost everyone, she should have said like, "Oh yeah, I lost my mom oh, and my dad." And my brother and my older sister. Oh, my younger sister. And then just keep going on with names and names until he got the right. idea that, oh, yeah, I lost everyone. Right. But, you know, oh, yeah, then the guy who worked at the deli. And then there was the doorman in that building. And then, you know. Like, that one really comfortable right, pair of pants that I had. And, uh, <laughs> I got, let, my collection of Hummel figurines. Rope it back. Let's change the verbiage. If, you, if somebody was talking about Hiroshima, let's say. Yeah. So if somebody was like, oh, you're from Hiroshima. Like, is that, like, you would, I think it would be kind of, it wouldn't be like, oh, did, Maybe not phrase it the same way, but it was like, oh, you would be like from before or like afterwards, you know, it would be like a, a you know, it'd obviously be a topic of conversation because that's mostly what people know about it. You know what I mean? I guess, but if someone was directly involved in it, I, I don't really see it as my like, uh, you know, if I met someone they're like, oh, this person was, uh, I don't know. It's a, it, it doesn't seem his place to ask, but. Right. I know they're trying to, for the sake of the show, they're trying to establish, well, you're from Alderaan, and like get exposition out of the way and stuff right, like that. Right. Um, what was that thing he left with her? I couldn't tell. 
Uh, is it a badge? Is it is like his business card or like a it seemed like a medal? Like he he was like, I served during Alderaan and I ran in the Alderaan 10K. Here, here's my. <laughs> it's um, from the Disney World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's very very collectible. Well, that yeah, I get that from a from a jaded uh, um, point of view. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like here, like we're gonna sell these soon, so I wanted to put something up <laughs> on the table because we need more Mandalorian merchandise. Well, first I thought maybe it was like a badge, like he's saying, yeah. "Hey, since you're the sheriff here, we're kind of going to recognize you because you know we need say we right. need local help." So this is kind of a way of saying we're kind of deputizing you, right? But then I'm like, "Well, does he have like is the thing he gives out to kids and stuff? Does he have like a, a <laughs> Ziploc bag filled with these little badges in the in his that he carries around in his X-wing? Right? Did Luke have them in his X-wing? I wonder. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe because it's definitely got. I, 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 we need to go back and I guess study it more because it looked like it had some markings too. So maybe it was like a, it almost had like the red stripes, like red squadron. Hmm. Although she does call him blue at some point, right? Now is that? Yeah, that's true. Does she mean like because he's a cop, or does she mean is he like part of blue squadron, or is that some other? Hmm. Is that like some kind of, you know, needling kind of teasing term for pilots because they fly in the sky or something like that? Or is it like, yeah, or a needling term for, you know, uh, like a disrespectful term for cops as opposed right. to a right, right. respectful term for it. For, yeah. I'm sure we'll go on the internet and people have, oh, that thing was first seen in the in an episode of episode seven of Clone Wars. That was the right. thing Anakin gave to so-and-so. Uh, so what, now the Imperial, this is when the Imperial officer chronologically shows up. The other, um, did, so no name for her. No, unidentified uh, communications officer or comms officer. And what was her name? Katie O'Brien, I think. Katie O'Brien is the actor. Yeah. Katie O'Brien. So, what are we going to go with there? Uh, well, what is she? She's re- kind of relating information about oh, be- about the um, tracking device being right. planted on the on the ship. Right. Um, so, Lieutenant the, Tracker. Uh, KD Tracker. No, that's that's a, that's too much of a. Um, <laughs> Uh, eight. Wait a minute. So we'll take the K from Katie and put it. It's K A T Y. So we'll just make it Atik. Atik. Okay. There you go. Tracker. A T Y K. Tracker. Captain. Captain Tracker. What's her rank? Captain Tracker. Uh, yeah. What What does four dots mean? It was a low. I don't think it was a captain. It was probably lower. It was a little corporal. Corporal oh. Tracker. Corporal tracker, tracker John. There you go. We'll call her Tracker John. <laughs> But he was uh, and I think Lady Imperial should wear skirts. What do you think about that? No, I disagree. You want a progressive, forward-thinking evil empire? I want, yeah, uniform means one one shape. So, I um, I, I think, Gene Roddenberry would be so disappointed in you right well, now. Well, for multiple reasons, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, don't. Uh, I think it, the the Imperial uniform as is works well on on the. All kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and then we see uh, the return of Grand Moff Gus Gideon. Yes, um, he had been referenced. Oh, we forgot to mention we got the return of the the in hologram form. We've got the Doctor. Who, oh, that's right. Talking uh, about uh, the medical transfusions. Yeah, basically like laying it all out there in a in a voicemail. You know, explaining mm-hmm. the entire plan in a voicemail for for uh, Grand Moff Gideon, but. Uh, He's not a grand moff, sorry. He's just Moff Gideon. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, then the then we do we get the return of uh, we we knew that he was probably coming back. Yeah, and uh, when I did normally I do skip the previously on the Mandalorian because we've been watching yeah. them you know day of and we're we're you know very. And I don't. I feel like it gives too Attentive. much away about what's going to happen when it's just like, oh, right, this yeah. particular thing from last season. Plus, that you know, it's like giving you puzzle yeah. pieces. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch it this time because in between last week and this week, I've been trying to uh, catch my wife up on The Mandalorian, and so we just watched the last three episodes of season one and the first two of season two in the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of other Mandalorian information in my head. So I was like, let me watch this previously Got on it. just to just to refresh my memory of what's what. Uh, and so once that once I figured that was going to be once once they showed, oh, hey, like, here's Blue Horatio. He put him in Carbonite, like like all this stuff really did. Like we should go back and watch the previously on now. It'd be like, oh, that's why they showed this. That's why they showed this. <laughs> And yeah, show. when they first showed Blue Horatio Sans, I was like, "Did I watch start the 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 right episode?" I thought right, maybe yeah. I started season one. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so I watched the show The Boys on uh, Amazon, and okay. um, it's a superhero show. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, who plays one of the bad guys in it? But uh, Moff Gideon himself, really? Uh, yeah, and it's basically. I have a new theory that um, he's basically the same type of person, like a big bad guy in charge of a huge thing. But in person, he's very mild mannered and very reasonable seeming and, mm-hmm. and calm. And uh, like, which seems to be his his specialty in these recent roles right. ever since Breaking Bad. And I'm I'm going to start working on a theory that he is actually like uh, Kang, where mm. it's the same guy in multiple time eras. You know All what I mean? Right. Like he was Gus, and then he was um, uh, the guy in the boys, and then now he's. Or I guess he was this originally because this is a long, it was time, a long ago. time ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know him more from uh, from uh, that other movie, the where he was like a drug addict or something, right? Uh, do the or right no, thing. Would, yeah, do the right thing. He was the other guy. He was the, just uh, yeah. He was just a a local, uh, a colorful local, um, right? Right. Bugging out. But um, so we'll have to figure out how that goes, how that. Um, right. Well, yeah, that, he's playing a totally different, obviously, kind of character there. So, yeah, we'll um, to figure out how we got from there to what made what turned him evil. Right. Is basically. Right. The question. So well, obviously, it's the events of do the right thing. He was so frustrated with the um, the mm. racial unrest in, in uh, Bedstuy that he then kind of he decided to uh, mm-hmm. he's going to build a new empire. <laughs> All right. I like it. Um, That's all the notes I got for this episode. Uh, let me see. I did have, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I did. It, I was interested to see who got credits and who didn't um, in mm-hmm. the thing because in the the doctor got a you know starring in order of appearance, the kind of pre credits credits like the first credits of like you know starring obviously Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal and then also in order of appearance. Um. And the doctor was in that. So it was like, you know, it was, it was um, Cara Dune and, uh, and Grief Karga and then uh, Horatio Sands and then, you know, then the doctor and then Moff Gideon. And I was like, mm-hmm. I had to go pause. Like, Wait, who was the doctor? Which one was that? I'm trying to think of all the characters that it, it appeared in between when we were introdu- reintroduced to Blue Horatio and when we saw right. uh, Moff Gideon again. 
And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's the doctor. Because then, then in the other credits, all the other characters are in there, including people who I felt like had, you know, as much of, if not a bigger role in it. You know, he had just basically had one voicemail. But Who's I, the unsung hero? Who are the unsung actors? I well, mean, like, what what parts do you think that should have been gotten higher? Not then? that should have been, but I mean, you know that that Katie O'Brien had a, as much dialogue as as the Doctor and um, the other uh, the Imperial officer who in the in the booth. Um, oh right, who they they kill? Yeah, who they they kill? Like all those guys had as much to do with what was going on as, or, or and um, um, I didn't write down the actor's name, but uh, Captain Tava, Captain Tava should totally. Have been pre-credit. He he yeah. had more a lot more to say than than the doctor. Maybe because he's the recurring character, the doctor, and he might he's going to be in it again at some point. So they kind of yeah, but they so had to well, Moff, oh the doctor. You mean I think you meant yeah the, yeah maybe the doctor's like the the, the actor of the doctor was like you right. know part of our contract is he has to be you know, I, mentioned I guess. every episode. But um, I, we haven't Who really knows? seen him since the other uh, um season anyway. But we did get um. We we were just talking about this. Were we talking about it on a weekend show, maybe? Um, but we got the um, the 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 new kind of uh, the the physical the body um, of C three PO. The new body, Chris Bartlett. Mm-hmm. The new body. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Bartlett is the um, teacher droid. Oh, is he not the? Oh, maybe not. Oh, I'm getting him confused with somebody else, maybe. Hmm, okay. Then who is the new body of C-3PO? Okay, so I, I was confused because he was the... Uh, um, I knew I know the name, and he'd done... Uh, basically, he's the droid. He's the ferryman in Chapter 1, the bounty hunter droid in Chapter 3, uh, a body double for Q90... The uh, in the uh, the prisoner uh, RA seven protocol droid body double in chapter seven and then the protocol droid teacher. He's basically every protocol droid we see. Yeah, but I thought he was the new um, C three PO guy, but I guess um, I guess not. That's interesting. The voice or the body? The body. The I thought he was the the new. Oh yeah, here we go. Right, so so uh, Samuel L. Jackson, an American Cinematheque tribute TV movie documentary. He plays C three PO, pitching Lucas video short C three PO. You know, Good Morning uh-huh. America, uh, C three PO from twenty fifteen. Oh, so maybe he does the voice too. Late Show with David Letterman, C three PO. Like he's Duracell, the Battle for Christmas Morning. So he is the he's, oh, so he's the body. He's the the basically the uh, the what's the what's the thing I'm looking for? He's he's the body. Of he's the David Prowse, yeah, but the new body of C three PO, the person who's taken over the the when when Golden Tony can't be in the suit, I think he's there, uh, or doesn't want to be in the suit. Um, yeah, I thought he retired, Golden Tony. Yeah, I thought he said I'm not doing anything anymore, but um, he wouldn't be the first performer to announce his retirement and then right. I think he's, <laughs> keep he's still doing voice stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, um, he was the body, and I wanted to point out that that uh, he's that kind of backup C three PO. But then, we, uh, and mm-hmm. she was voiced by um, somebody named Catherine Elise Drexler, 
um, who doesn't seem to have a lot of other um, Star I Wars. I assume that was some tech person, some behind-the-scenes person. Um, could be. It seems like she's done some, um, you know, like a handful of, you know, like, cinematographer, additional crew, second unit director, but also an actress on four, four uh, or five things. So I'm not sure how she got into this, but uh, but she does a good job of sounding like a protocol droid. Yeah. So um, that was it. Um, all right. So then our next episode will be chapter 13, which will be season four. Episode five. Episode, no, season two, episode five. We're not jumping ahead to season four yet. Two five. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be awesome, though, if we could we did a critique of season four? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it would be good for ratings, but... Uh, I would, How long do you think this thing will go? About an hour. Oh, right. you know, that's reasonable. All right. Um, <laughs> well, if uh, if you feel like spending another hour with us, maybe you will uh, you'll join us here again next week. Don't forget uh, our our regular show, the uh, Star Wars Minute, is available at StarWarsMinute.com. dot com. Our um, social media is Star Wars Minute uh, on Twitter and the Star Wars Minute on Instagram. And uh, if you feel like supporting this kind of a thing, go to StarWarsMinute.com slash Patreon, and uh, you can get bonus episodes that we do every week and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, otherwise, we will meet you back here next week for a brand new episode of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Mandalorian.